And we're back. What a beautiful song that was. A very old one. So I haven't heard that for ages, Bishra. Yeah. Guys, um, we are currently experiencing some technical difficulties, but that's okay. We will continue our program as per what we have outlined and planned. So we've got Typhoon on air. Typhoon, hello. Hi, guys. How Hi are guys, you? How are we? Good, Good, thanks. How are you? I'm really excited. I'm having a great day. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's good to be on there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so, so much for joining us. We are really, really excited. You're actually our first male guest, Typhoon. How does that feel? Oh, I feel, I feel I'm, I'm blushing. You can't see it, but I am. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, guys, um, for those listeners who have just tuned in, we have Typhoon Demirezen, um, who is live on air with us on We Radio, our very, very first male guest. We are so, so excited to have you on air. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you... Um, for those of um, those listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about your background? So, who are you? Who is Typhoon? What does he do on the daily? I, I am an individual. Look, I went to uh, I went to school with with Kusha. That's how I we all we all yes. kind of get to know each other. <laughs> uh, we kind of kind of grew up in the same circle. I, I look, I, I started off my life as an electronic engineer, so I've actually gone to uni and, and went did that degree, went down that path, and it, it just didn't work out for me. I just wasn't social enough. It wasn't fulfilling, uh, and I, I pursued other careers uh, in the interim. And you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of cars, to be quite honest. So you know, as a, as a boy thing, but um, and and I wanted to get into car sales. But a friend of mine who I went to school with just said, "Hey, why don't you come try real estate instead?" You can actually go out to see people instead of waiting for them to come to you. Oh, nice. I said, look, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. And um, what happened from there was uh, I, I went and started working with him for commission only and I learned the process and I learned the ways. And, and now, you know, I've uh, I've gone, I've, I've, I've owned my own office. I've, I've, yeah, I've sold properties in excess of $10 million. I've, I've wow. transacted, I've transacted uh, you know, businesses. I've, I've done, yeah, I've done a lot. It's been, it's been a fulfilling career so far. $10 million, Typhoon. You're saying a fulfilling career, Typhoon. Um, you don't sound very old or mature, so you sound quite young. So if that's your career thus far, um, I'm surprised what else is to come ahead. Let's you can imagine. I mean, I was, I, was a, I, was a, I was a young boy trying to, trying to uh, sell real estate in Kasula, and I worked my way up to the eastern suburbs, and now I'm in the hottest uh, and, and most competitive market Ma- in Sydney. So, yes, I saw. Um, the, pr- the price per square metre sale rate in Paddington and Willara Paddington is higher than anywhere else in New South Wales. Wow. wow. And I'm guessing yeah. it fits your personality, right? Because you, when you were doing introduction, you basically said it, was, uh, it wasn't social enough for me. So obviously this is very That's social right. now, right? Yeah, look, it's just about developing relationships, understanding each other. I think that's the key thing. It's just understanding what the person across you wants and what they sometimes need. Sometimes it's about talking. Sometimes it's about being quiet and listening. And it's just about finding that and, and just being relatable. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's great. Active listening plays a key role, like key part here. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Typhoon, obviously, you know, things are going well. But let's start off, well, with all this stuff, 2020 hasn't yes, started off very well. How has this COVID-19 <laughs> impacted the property market? guys... Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be really, really straight. So, yeah. property fundamentals, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Um, a virus isn't part of that. Uh, a virus will affect it, but it's not part of it. So, at the end of last year, at the tail end of last year, the market really started to pick up. I was selling things in North Bondi that were probably worth between uh, around, you know, two, 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 three. They were starting to transact to the high twos, you know, the early three million dollar mark, mm-hmm. and and that kind of carried on. That momentum carried on, and then when the when the pandemic hit, the panic hit the jobs, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, we had two things happen. Uh, one of them was suddenly no one wanted to sell their house because of the uncertainty. Um, and then also people come off and, and stop buying as well because of the uncertainty of their jobs. So, uh, I mean, the reality is COVID stunned the market. Uh, but if you were to compare it to uh, something like the GFC that happened back in 08, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the GFC, auction clearance rates were 10% or less. And during COVID, during a lockdown, during a you know worldwide pandemic, the auction clearance rates in Sydney didn't dip below 35 percent. So wow. things are still selling. Um, it's just about you know opportunity and, and you know it's, it just comes down to each person's circumstance. Wow, that's pretty. So pandemic didn't stop people selling and buying by the looks of it. No, look, it really didn't. It stopped some, but the fact is that the, the, the people got so scared and they, they took their properties off the market. Now, what that did, it created a shortage of stock. 
mm. and shortage of stock, there was still demand to fill that stock. So then things leveled out. So things didn't drop off when COVID hit. Things kind of stabilised. In actual fact, 24 Park Parade in Bondi, um, you know, we, we sold that during the lockdown. The first open home was when there were no open homes for auctions allowed. And as a case study that you can you can use there, the highest sale price in that street ever in any market was $2.9 million, and we cracked the tree. We sold it for over $3 million in a market that wasn't allowed to have open homes or auctions. So mm-hmm. this goes to show. Wow. Can I ask you, just out of curiosity, you said you initially started, um, you know, in real estate in uh, at Liverpool, and then you kind of yep. worked. You said you specifically specifically said you worked your way up to the eastern yep. suburbs. How was that process, like the transition process from very different, very different? So obviously you're diff- dealing with a different caliber of clients. Oh yeah, um, different. Uh, presentation's really important, I guess, regardless of who it is that you're dealing with. But how was that change? It was actually quite shocking. Like, you was know, it a steep learning curve. Uh, type they're, of? they're less. They're, it's it's less culturally diverse in eastern suburbs. And I actually, mm. um, you know, when I started working closer and closer to the eastern suburbs, there's a lot of discrimination, a lot of things that happen. But it's not public. Like, it's just people how they think and how they feel. And ultimately, I have to find a way to get over that. One of my bosses even actually signed me up and he said, Ty, what you need to do is you need to learn how to pronunciate words differently. You need to go and have elocution really? lessons. So Are you I serious? I actually changed the way I spoke in order to gain the respect of the person across me. Such as what? Can you give examples? Like elocution. You know how um, yeah, you know, yeah. in the western suburbs and you know they've got accents like they've got, you know, the, the, they call it the wog accent, right? <laughs> like the you know, cuz bros, you know, like that. Were you like, actually speaking actually like that? Changed the way I spoke. Were you speaking like that though? You don't. I, I used to. I, I grew Seriously? up that west. Like I, all my friends were. Yeah, that's, all my friends just, were. That's... You know, we, that's what we, that's what it was. That's what you grew up in. You know, um, all my friends were Turkish. All my friends were Lebanese. Arab, like that's what the majority was. So. I actually had to change the way I spoke and in order to, yeah, in order to appear differently. Wow, I'm not liking that. I'm shaking my head. So um, that's the <laughs> that's sort. The that's market. a look, that's a form of racism, right? But if it was oh, the other way this. around, I'm wondering if people that have come from the western, from eastern suburbs, wanting to sell in Kusula would change their accent to speak oh woggy. Like it's that's uh, that's it's horrible to say. But look, I can understand where you're coming from. That's the market. That's the business you're in. Um, wow. But look, um, Tyfum, what? I mean, look, what type of houses are you selling predominantly? Like, is it units, townhouses, houses? I so, mean, I sell anything from $350,000 studios all the way up to, I suppose, sold a, a block of apartments for $13.5 million in Wallara, wow. a block of 12. Um, and, <laughs> you know, we're trying to put together development sites for developers, things where people can kind of, you know, buy. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a lot happening. Um, I started at this agency, uh, it was about four, four and a half years, five years ago. And we started off with uh, six members in our, you know, in our office. And we've naturally grown that with my director and my colleagues we've grown that now we've got a team of about 30 people mm-hmm. um that's in across the board property management sales administration so we've got quite a large team now um and 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 that that was our goal our goal was to you know transact and be the one that you look towards for success because when the going gets tough people look towards the the individuals getting results I got you. I mean, I, I, I did commercial leasing for a while too, so I never really did um, real estate as in like residential. Yep. But um, you're saying selling. You're, are you, so you're a sales manager and not an auctioneer? And if you are a sales manager, would you be looking at doing an auctioneering later on? I, I, I've got auctions on tonight. Mm-hmm. Auctioneering is a, is, is a separate skill. Yes. Um, everyone thinks you can kind of just get up there and if you've got the gift of the gab. But the gift of the gab is very, very different. An auctioneer, which you guys might not notice, is, is actually he's a performer, he's a singer. Like mm. he, he, he kind of chants and he extracts nice. the information he wants from people. I'm too busy to do that. I don't want to learn that. I can outsource that. <laughs> same as photography, same as videography, same as all this other stuff. I've got a massive team because I focus on what I'm really good at. It's it's transacting real estate. It's listing and selling property. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I've got a team that does all my admin. I've got a team that reads my emails, team that does some some of my socials. Like it's just we, 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 we stick to what we're really good at and, and that, that's why we've become successful. That's so great. We stick focus. to what works, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, look, you've yeah, touched you've touched on um, the current, you know, the, the sort of the current property market a little bit. But what strategies then do you think are working in the current market? I mean, are... in terms of buying or selling, both. 
Both. Um, in terms of selling, the, the strategy hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It's you know you want to be the best on the market. You want to you want to sell in isolation, not in competition. You want buyers to be like, there's nothing else to buy but this property. So you know, for example, you know in Paddington, in a peak market, you'll have maybe two or three terraces on the market, and uh, so in a in a um, you know when the market's hot, and the mm-hmm. prices are quite high. But, you know, the prices come off when there's more competition. If you compare it to, say, the market in Zeppelin, for instance, that we sell in, mm-hmm. um, you know, there can be 20, 25, 30 apartments on for sale at the one time. Now, that buyer has the opportunity to buy your unit or the other 30 in the marketplace. So it's about kind of finding a way to stand out, make it different. I always kind of go by making sure the property looks the best it possibly can. I always use professional uh, styling where I can. Um, so we just try to make it stand out. And, and, and it's all about emotions, right? Someone walks yeah. through the property and feels good about it, mm. they're likely to transact on it. So music, mm. uh, candles and scents and, you know, as much light as possible. Like a little trick that we do is we turn every single light on in the property because when you've walked into a room for the first time, you can't gauge how bright or dark that room is. Everything you see is relevant to what you've seen already. So, you know, the fact that, a corner of the house might be really dark. I turn the lights on. You just you know, initially you won't know, right? You go and turn things off, and it's not. But it's like it, that, that's some of the things that we do to make our property stand out. Mm. I'm shaking my head because I remember when we sold our property, that's exactly what the agent was doing. I'm shaking my head. And that was going to be my next question. What tips would you have for people to enhance or make their place look obviously more attractable and more viable, nice. I guess? Your, your property is your number one asset. It's oh, the most absolutely. expensive thing you have. Invest in it. If it means changing the countertop of your kitchen, do it. If it makes it look better, just do it. Spend the money on property styling. Mm-hmm. Make it look better. Like, make it look as best as it possibly can because the person buying it will appreciate that. They'll see the value in that and mm-hmm. they'll see it's the little things that matter. It's the, you know, it's it's tiny. If you, see a, if you see like a water patch or a, or a spot on the wall, paint it. You know, make, mm-hmm. make sure there's no mold. Make sure it's aired out. Make sure it smells good. It looks good. You know, things that you can change, just do them because you will reap the benefit of that. Absolutely. Um, Tayfun, if I'm if I'm for listeners out there, I'm you know thinking of you know, selling my property. How do I know with which agent to go? Obviously, there's lots of agents, and all agents obviously you know do do what they do. What what's what are the tips for um, people out there? What, what what type of things would they be looking for or saying to agents as in regards to negotiating? Obviously, you'd be go- negotiating your commission, but what type of things? should you be looking for in an agent? Active agent, I, I would say, like a, a, an established but yet active agent. Try and see how many they're selling, how many they're, you know, what, what properties they've sold, if they've sold something similar, you yeah, know, so stuff like that. I'd, I'd, also, I'd also spread out and interview a couple of different ones. Absolutely. Like, just go totally. for one or two. Mm. You can get three people through the door and see who impresses you the most because at the end of the day, if they can impress you, then they can impress the buyer coming through the mm. door as well. Mm. The first sale they have to make is to sell you to use their service. Totally. That's exactly what I did when we sold our last yeah. property. We had three agents come in and my husband thought we are going to go with one of them because he his commission wasn't his thing and he's, he was quite popular in the area. He was selling a lot of the, um, the units in the area and I said, I don't like him. I like this guy. He seems really down to earth. So I decided to go with him and it was the best choice for us because he was just. That's really exactly do. right. So for me, it wasn't the commission. That's it wasn't anything else. Reason. It was exactly. It looked, yeah. I mean, you sound bubbly. You, you, That's the type of person you want to sell your property, I guess. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah wow. There's obviously a lot to think about in the property market, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, exactly. thank you. You know, you're just, you're, Typhon, you're really enlightening our, us and obviously the listeners as well regarding all these finer details that one may not necessarily consider. Well, I mean, those... I'm happy to help where I can. I'm happy to kind of, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, yeah. if they've got questions, I'm happy to answer them. If you write to the show, I'm, I'm happy to kind of help Absolutely. answer them and, and help everyone grow. Yeah, that's great. And also for those interested, it's Thai Demidazan, right? And you are... Well, it's Thai, yeah. yeah. So I've shortened it from Typhoon to Thai. <laughs> Um, and it's a great story when they find out my full name. Well, I was about to awesome. say, is that because of the, the way of speaking? This is also another thing that you were told. I really, yeah. Someone had told me yeah. years ago, oh, Dedia, you need to change your name to an Aussie slang type name so people can use it, especially when you're working for government. And I said, um, no, that's no, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. This is my name. You learn how to say it. After a couple of times, you will learn to pronounce it. You're a government job. A government job. You're, you're a public servant. You're helping the, the, the public. What that change who you are? No, but, that's, but there's a lot of it. So it's Look, a little bit different. I guess 
guess so. Look, it's hard, and I suppose it, de- it depends on you know the the environment that you are and how you do your business and that kind of thing. But look, Tafun, if we've got a lot of people, I'm going to ask you. I'm, I've got a lot of lists of questions here, but as you're speaking, you're answering some of the questions, so I'm having to mm-hmm. read them as I go. But look, I've got one important question I want to ask you. Obviously, um, you've got investors, obviously, who are also wanting to look at properties. What advice would you currently give to investors now? In this market, buy buy a property that you would want to live in. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it depends on what type of investment you're after. If you're buying something that you're going to flick in the next two or three years, it's a lot more difficult uh, because it all comes down to. The paperwork, you know, all comes down to the spreadsheet that you create. Um, Mm. But at the end of the day, if you're going to buy a property for more than four years, buy something that you'd want to live in. Look at the important factors. Check the water pressure. Check the cell phone reception. Check the aspect for natural light, privacy. Check if what you can add value to. And and believe me, if you like it, then the chances are the next person is as well. Um, And and like I said, the short-term stuff is, is a lot more difficult, and that will be here for days. But at the end of the day, you know, People say the market's coming down and I want to buy in a cheaper market. It's really not going to matter if, you, if you're going to hold it for more than four mm. years because the likelihood of quality stock coming to market is, is is little to none. You know, you'll see a lot of the ones that a lot of the good properties sell quickly. For instance, I just sold one today where you know it's a one bedroom apartment in Surrey Hills and we listed it last Thursday. Had the first inspection Saturday and I sold it today. Wow! So wow. It's, like, it's quality stock. You can have a look at it um, on 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 our website. But um, quality things don't last. Uh, no. Be ready to go know what you want do your research and just when you find the right one just make the move what do you oh, I'm, I'm just listen, I'm just listening to you and I'm just I'm I'm so proud to have a Turkish person. I'm, no, I said I'm so proud to have a Turkish person who is so passionate about what he does. You are so gifted, and it's so good that you've left your other degree and what you did before because you so fit, you so fit this personality. If you're not married, girls, this obviously is an eligible bachelor because you've got so much. But if you are, then you know what your family is very lucky to have you because you know seriously. Not at all. Look, you look you. I'm really. Look, it's really, it's very, it's refreshing to see a lot of our younger generation guys and girls doing lots of very important things. But look, I was going to ask you the next question, how long should you be keeping an investment property? And you've answered that question, so I'm not going to ask you that. But if someone is thinking of buying an investment property, say they were thinking 12 months later, do you think they should bring it forward? Yeah, I, I would buy as soon as you can. Money's never been cheaper. I don't know mm. how the economy's going to change. I can tell you the market's been quite resilient. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what's going to happen, right? I, it's better the information I know now than what I'm going to predict in six months. So, like I said, if you can be ready to go now or as soon as possible and then just start looking, use the time you have on your hands to look for the right thing because ultimately you're never going to buy the first thing you walk in. And sometimes you might have to, but as long as you're ready, be open to opportunity. Like Keep your eyes, your hand, everything open and and. and, and accept opportunities that come to you um, otherwise you know you'll miss out and then you'll keep missing out and it'll just be it's be a negative spiral and you'll just kind of stop buying altogether and keep completely put it off mm-hmm. but I mean do research go out there look at properties speak to agents you know agents will try to sell you things that are off market do you know what I mean agents you know so there might be opportunities there we, we, we sell off market all the time mm-hmm. um, you know some people want a fast transaction other people want you know you know, different kind of results. So it just really, really depends. But the, all I'm saying is investors be open to opportunity, be financed and ready to go and look for what you want and it'll come to you. Um, I suppose another question I want to ask you was, hey, from, I know you haven't got much time, but in regards to um, settlement periods, you know, some people, have, it's usually a six-week period. Do you recommend having longer settlement periods? Depends. If, you, if you're selling, I would do a longer settlement. It gives you more time to purchase. You can actually put a clause in the contract saying yep. that after the standard settlement of 42 days, so you do a six-month settlement, for mm-hmm. instance, after the standard settlement t- period of 42 days, you can give the purchaser 30 days notice to settle, which right. means that after the first six weeks, um, if you buy something, you can just give that purchase and say, hey, I want to bring that settlement forward, forward. and here's 30 days notice, I'd like to settle in 30 days. Okay. So then that way you can marry up the transaction and and have a simultaneous settlement. Okay. Yeah. And does that, does that, would that, does that um, affect um, in a positive or negative way in regards to the final price of the property? Like, do people go, oh, that's a six-month settlement. I don't want to wait that long. I'm, I'm paying all this money. Some I people want... do. Some yeah. people Look, do. Some people do. Some people don't. At yeah. the end of the day, you know, 
if I'm talking to a buyer, it's very different to if I'm talking to a seller. Absolutely. If I'm talking to someone that's selling their property and I'm selling it for them, I'd let them know that the risks, I let them know the risk is they put a 10% deposit down. If it takes them six months to settle and the market drops off 20%, that buyer's going to be thinking in mind that they're better off foregoing for going that 10%, 10% deposit because the market's come back 20%. Do you know what I mean? So yep. you know, that's what I'm saying to a seller, but I'm saying to a buyer, I'm saying, look, it might be your only shot. It, you know, it's hard to find this kind of quality property. So it's just very different. It's very different, different talks to different parties. Mm, wow. I am I am the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you you can switch and change to which way you go, I guess, isn't it? You need, you need to be adaptable. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, like I said, person that you're speaking to if one person wants to buy they're mm. there they're active they're ready they want to purchase the property do everything to help your seller get that deal across the line but also inform your seller of the risks because at the end of the day if something goes wrong they can turn around and blame you and you'll be you'll they'll, they'll die you know i think you've touched on such a fantastic point there typhoon i think it's very important to be transparent transparency is key and Absolutely. a lot of a lot of the time i in sales uh, I guess that's compromised. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts around that? Look, it's unfortunately it's an industry, and I've, I've been through it. I've seen many agents, and it's it, it's just it is what it is, right? You, you, you know, if it if it looks like bullshit and smells like bullshit, I'm sorry, it is. Like it's it's hard to say, but the good ones will be transparent. <laughs> so the successful ones will be transparent. <laughs> so like you can you'll be able to tell the difference between them and. Um, sometimes there's certain circumstances where they'll withhold information, but if you want something, you've got to kind of push for it. So, you know, find that out. To ask them detailed questions. It's about questions and questions and questions and questions. So, Why? Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Wow. I'm guessing with all the work that you're doing, um, you are working six days a week. Real estate agents are usually quite busy. I'm guessing that's the key as well in this ca- case with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, if I need to, it'll be seven. Like it doesn't doesn't matter. It's mm. anything to get the deal done for the client, um, to, to to get them a good result. We usually have selling seasons. I mean, this year's a bit different with the pandemic. That's yeah. completely changed. But usually, you know, we'll have a you know a couple of weeks off in the middle of the year where everyone goes on holiday, and then a couple of weeks off at the end of the year. And during that, it's kind of hot potato. Let's go. And Typhoon, I know I know you are. We're working with a time limit here. We've got two minutes more. Um, two more minutes with you. Um, just out of curiosity, uh, I mean, what what where do you see yourself moving forward? So what, what could you do now moving forward with what you've got under your belt? I mean, you've, you've progressed tremendously, which is fantastic. Um, where do you see yourself moving forward? I, I, I've asked myself this question several times in life, and I think that um, what works for me is... Well, I'll tell you what doesn't work for me. Sometimes they call it analysis paralysis. It's where I want to be in 10 years. I don't think that that's... I mean, I, having a general picture is nice, but I think it's all about being relevant, and it's where I, what I want to achieve in the next month or the next two months mm. and kind of smaller steps and, and smaller wins because that helps your mood, it helps your energy and it helps you grow, right? So it's, I think it's the smaller goals that I work with and, you know, my next steps are, uh, next week is to list, you know, two or three more properties. Um, you know, I have I have goals and, and aspirations of kind of growing our team, you know, having two more members start with us before the end of um, before the end of the year and yeah it just kind of there's a lot of goals that's fantastic wow well, that was that was such a such a great um such a pleasure to have you on air typhon i know you yeah, need anytime. to go now because you've got an auction so we, we are wishing you <laughs> yeah, all the very best good luck hope it goes I well know, for you we, really are you you're you're obviously selling right email me text me call me um i better help where i can um uh, and I'll, I'll get back to you as, as fast as I possibly can. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Tyson. All the, the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank luck. You. Speak Thanks, soon. Guys. Thank okay. you. Bye. What an inspiration. As I said just before to him, I'm going to say it to you too, Bushra. It is so lovely to see our younger generation of young Turks doing so well in all all different professions from you know that we've had so many different people on the last few weeks but how nice it is to see that you know what you go to school you study you pick certain exams subjects for school you do them you go through university you do a job and you realize so this is not for me I don't really want to do this anymore and you know what I don't think he would have excelled as much as he has in the job he would have been doing before I mean you can see you can see, hear the passion mm. You can see, you can hear everything, can't you, in his voice? Um, look, congratulations to him. I hope he does well. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm bewildered actually, but look, um, 
I'm, 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 it's, it's nice to see it and do it. Look, and obviously he's just mentioned before that coming from western suburbs to the eastern suburbs is a big shift I in change. I was surprised too. Um, yeah. It's, you know, um, not, it's not, I suppose you shouldn't say it's racism, but it is sort of like, well, that's, you know, there's obviously a big difference in how you approach the market. Um, look, I actually want to ask him one more question, but we didn't have time, but mm-hmm. I might ask him and we can, you know, uh, maybe later on later on. More so about the younger generation. What do they have to do in, in regards to getting into the property market? I mean, as we've seen for years, it's just getting harder and harder and harder and harder. It is. It is. And I um, think it's important to align your personality with what you choose to do totally. moving forward. As he said, you know, he was in, um, he was doing an engineering degree. I'm not too sure whether he mentioned he finished it or not. I don't know. Um, not sure. However, he then moved right into car sales, which was a nice little stepping stone into real estate. And then probably realised he's got the gift of the gab in, yeah. in, in in persuading and selling and doing that thing because that, I- that in itself is an art. I mean, I started real estate and I did commercial leasing did for a very, you, very long you? time. Yes. Wow, why do I not know this about you? <laughs> so I did commercial, and, um, commercial leasing and I remember when I was working in a government department, um, my boss had said to me that a lot of people usually start residential sales and residential leasing and then they sort of worked their way up to but I'd done commercial all the way down so I was going to actually ask him you know, would you be looking at working um, not moving stop selling probably houses and you think that's like that but move towards um, selling bigger complexes and apartment buildings and um, you know the Westfields and things that you do so obviously he's got a lot more ahead of him and what he wants to do but um, it was great to have him and yes. as Bushnar said it is um, he's um, Instagram and everything else, I guess, is on our webpage. It is. So all his details are on our webpage. If you are interested, we do have a um, Instagram radio um, Instagram page that we have. We're still very new, so we would appreciate any support, <laughs> which will be fantastic. But we are on We Radio, so W E Radio on Instagram and. We are affiliated with Turkin and Sese, which is the voice of Turkey, and we have um, we have a fantastic team who every day from five to six um, that we've got programs on, and um, I love listening to them. And some of them are on podcast too, so yeah, if you do miss them, you great. can. So we just want to reach out and say thank you to all of those um, out there who actually supported us. Yes, we are now a podcast, and um, hopefully we're going to upload our episodes as we go along on our podcast. So if you do miss out on any of the episodes that we have that we air live, um, that we have live on air, you can feel free to listen at your own convenience. So, guys, you were listening to We Radio with your co-hosts, Bushra and... Dedia. And it is 5.33 on the 16th of June. It, it, I feel baffled every single, t- every single Tuesday <laughs> when I listen to our shows. Yes, <laughs> our how much the time... Our reaction does not change No, it's all. the same shock reaction <laughs> that time is going past real quickly. I but know. Yeah, let's listen to a song, Bushra. Good, this one is Billie Eilish that we have in line. It's lovely featuring Khalid. This is one of my favorites at the moment. I will leave you with that and we will be right back, guys. You are listening to We Radio. Walking out of time 
looking for a better place Something's on my mind Always in my head space But I know someday Can I bone? Multiple award-winning luxury European jewellery store has the best designs at reasonable prices. Come visit us at Shop 2 Station Road, Auburn, or visit our online store, kikilijewellery.com.au. Two Triple O's station sponsor. Sydney Foot Surgery is run by podiatric surgeons specialising in reconstructive foot and ankle surgery in Sydney. With over 20 years' experience, we are committed to delivering superior clinical outcomes and a positive patient experience through best available care and technology. To make an appointment with Dr. Haidar Ozjan, call 9362 8838. Two Triple O's station sponsor. Have you been to Goes King lately? We started our journey 20 years ago and now have nine locations across New South Wales, being Liverpool, Bankstown, Rhodes, Hurstville, Macquarie, Darling Harbour, Top Ride, City Central and Blacktown. We not only make the best Goes in Sydney, we also offer homemade desserts, rice pudding, kazan dibi and our signature dessert, knefe. Franchising opportunities available. Email us on franchising at gozemaking.com.au. Two Triple O's station sponsor. Want to give the gift of the land down under? Yes! Head to Corporal Souvenirs for all your Australian gifts. Shop 218 Paddy's Market, Haymarket. Mention this ad for a 10% discount. Two Triple O's station sponsor. And that was our commercials after the beautiful song that Bushra put on. Who was the person again? Billie Eilish. She's that um, girl with the purple hair, isn't it? Yeah. She's yeah. got extravagant hair. She's got she's extravagant hair, hasn't hair. she? She's quite artistic. She's so young. Is she? Yeah. Um, I think I saw one of the movie, uh, the music shows and um, I was like, oh, who's that? My girl's like, mum, you don't know her? I'm like, no, I don't. Sorry. You're not up to date? No. I, I, as I said, I think I mentioned it before. I'm, I don't mind listening to Aussie music, but I'm more of a walk music. I was actually listening to um, Ibrahim Tatsu Classics in the Car on YouTube for some reason. I, I thought, oh, I'm going to listen to something different. So <laughs> I, there was no one in the car, so I was singing away to myself. You know, the guy next to me, I think at the traffic lights on Home Road, looked at me and I'm like, oh, I don't really care. I'm enjoying myself, <laughs> trying to pass that's the time to come. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, Bushra, like, you know how before when we first started the show, um, we were discussing and saying how it's the 16th of June already and how much time has flown. I'm just sitting here looking to myself thinking the other day, in the next couple of days, it's going to be three months since I've been working from home because of this pandemic and this coronavirus thing. Um, When it first hit and we were told that we're going to be doing self-isolation, we'll be at home and it might be a long haul, you know, four or five, six months. Obviously, that's what they were envisaging in the beginning. My thoughts then were like, oh, my God, how is this time going to go past? And now in retrospect and in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, 
that time has come past so quickly. The I don't know. Has, back to normal, and it's almost as though we never experienced a pandemic. Which is a scary thing too, though. That, that fears me. I, I feel very fearful about the fact that as humans, we are so we we forget so easily, and you know we've we move past. And I guess maybe that's a part of coping because if you hold on to things, it's it just gets a bit much. But I guess initially, when we were transitioning into the home schooling because I'm a teacher I mean that's what I do as a profession and uh, I, I never actually thought that, that it, it'll be executed mm. I just thought it was just blah just like yeah, this words just something that you yeah. know the news was potentially um, exploring as an option particularly because I'm working in a private school I never thought that would actually happen and when it did I was thinking, what on earth? How am I going to deal with working from home? It's just, it was such a culture shock. Mm. And now we're back at school. Yeah, and that's weird. It's just happened at such a, I feel that looking in retrospect, looking in hindsight, it's happened so quickly. But while we were experiencing, it wasn't the case, obviously. I, yeah, because we had that discussion with my girls this morning because I'm, I'm before this pandemic, I was able to work from home once a week. So mm. that was a little luxury that I had before. Um, and now it's every day. As I said, it's nearly hitting three months. I've not been in the office. I don't even want to think about what it's going to be like when I get to go to the office. I really don't want to. But we were talking about it with the girls today. And I actually asked my both my girls, um, you know, what does it feel like to go back to school? And they're both saying, oh, mum, you know, it's way better than it was. Thank God we're not doing at home schooling. And we got an email from the school the other day too saying that, a lot of parents and teachers, uh, parents and students had complained about the amount of work that was given and the lack of direction. And after speaking to the principal, she'd actually said to me at the time, look, it's, it's obviously it's a pandemic. It's something different. We're not used to all of this and we're doing the best we can. Um, and now looking back, the girls think, I've said to me, it doesn't even feel like we're at home at all before um and talking with some friends i don't know if you've i mean you're a teacher so you can have you can give me your point of view what your opinions are but some of our friends we've been talking and i've said to them i think the disadvantage and the advantage you know there were some students who obviously flourish better in class and do really well in class and then you've got those students who are introverts and love to be on their own it's, it's not even you know and that it's not even but like some people they might be really smart but when they're actually at home working on their own they're just not they're not getting the full potential out of them and vice versa kids might be quite you know quiet at school and not want to sort of participate as much or you know not um you might think that they're sort of distanced and not engaging as much whereas when they're at home they're in their own elm they're in their own you know, it's a totally different environment and they're actually you're probably getting stuff from them you're thinking wow if only you could do this when you're in class so that's where the principal had said it's very hard for us now because some students are going to do way better and some are not and going back to school as a teacher have you experienced that have you seen the difference in the students or have students commented and said things to you because so, i'm talking as a parent right. so so just going back to what you initially said it just really depends on the nature of the student and their personality some students flourish working independently and other students need that guided learning and this doesn't mean that one's the more um i mean one's more intelligent than the other it just means that students um each each student is different and it's really important as a teacher to be able to tailor and cater to that um, personalized need which essentially is quite a challenge in a classroom anyway when you've got students ranging from class set classes ranging from you know 16 students to 30 students i mean look at your both your daughters mm. you're their mother but how different and how worlds apart are their personalities oh very much so and how did how did they cope during that time was one more independent than the other and was one more a little bit more dependent or reliant upon that uh seeking that advice and that support from yourself for yeah instance? i'm shaking my head because yeah. it's spot on spot on spot on spot on absolutely um, and that's not with, you know, there are some subjects where one's more independent than the other and then the other one's all. And I think I think what they what they were saying to me is what they were wanting was the interaction mm -hmm. and the discussion. And it's even even at home when I'm sort of helping them assist them with homework and I don't know what our listeners might um, probably agree or disagree, but even when they say to me, Mum, I don't understand this question, 
the way I approach it is, well, let's discuss the question and sort of see if they can come up with those answers. So I found myself doing that as well through the, um, the through the pandemic as well while they're at home homeschooling, um, just to help them come out with the answers rather than me just tell them. Um, I did do a couple of times where I just told them the answer because like, I'm on a call and I really don't have time to tell you. But yeah. then I'm like, that's not helping either. So it was that struggle. But seriously, as I was saying, we're talking in the car and I just can't, I can't fathom how it's been three months and how everything has sort of pretty much come first July, we'll go back to normal. And it's quite scary because I was just at the shops over the weekend because I had a lot of things to do for my daughter's birthday. It was a birthday of the weekend, so we did lots of Happy things. Happy birthday to Edda if she's listening, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. She turned 12 and she was very excited. She had a very, very busy weekend. Um, she had a nice um, dinner with some friends from the Retro Mosque on Saturday night and their mums. We did went to um, Rache's at um, Darling Harbour so they did a lot of things and walked around and did that kind of stuff and then she had something with her friends, school friends on Sunday all day and you know, played in the backyard and did pool, played pool and all that kind of stuff at home, went to the park and whatever you. But when we were at the shops on the weekend buying stuff for her so we can do things for her birthday, she was saying to me, mum, can we quickly go home because it's so crowded in here. And that part of the Westfield, the part that was more busy and you would know too, is usually the three levered where you've got your Coles and Big W and all that and all the food court area where it was really busy I think to a point where she said mum if you're going to be longer I'm going to go wait in the car um, and I'm looking around and a lot of people didn't get it and I actually had a like a I think I looked at this guy thinking are you gonna this the there's a sign that says wait four steps and then jump on the escalator and he sort of just jumped on it and I just looked at him and I said social distancing and he just looked at me and I shook my head and I'm thinking all right, am I taking it too far or is this guy really couldn't Casual be bothered? And laid back about it. Yeah, so the lady in front of me said, oh, I'll move a little forward for you and you can come close so that you've got that distance. And she looked at me, she just said, yeah, I understand, and but I just don't understand people. So I think people are very placid about what's happening and um, it's really – I think they need to realise that anything can happen because I think about you two weeks ago. I think it was a week or two weeks ago. Didn't we talk about Bushnell that New Zealand had said they've finally got rid of COVID? Well, I just read in the ABC today they've got two new cases. Do they? Yeah, and I and I'm pretty sure that their borders are still closed. So wow. So it just goes to show you shouldn't be complacent. Thank you. Thank you for raising that. I think that's very important um, to all of our listeners out there. Just because we are seeing um, a reduction in the cases that are arising over the, I mean, in the last mm. few weeks, I think it's really important to be um, take precaution. And particularly because we're moving into the winter season, um, the flu season, mm -hmm. it's very important to still maintain basic hygienic practices basic you said and they're just basic general everyday hygiene that i'm finding that a lot of people are like oh my god oh my god i gotta do this all the time i'm like but don't you do that on a regular basis anyway that's right shouldn't not this this covid um <laughs> covid19 the coronavirus shouldn't have added any addition or uh, any, any change in terms of your hygienic, basic hygienic practices. I mean, I, I can speak for myself apart from the fact that I'm now using hand sanitizer on a religious le level. Mm. Um, I don't like hand sanitizer. Just I just used the one when I was coming up the escalator here in the building yeah. um, and they stink. Yeah, <laughs> They're not I, like the palmolive ones you get with the nice little, you know, the berry flavoured smells. I, I'm just against the whole um, because chemicals. there's a lot of chemicals in there, exactly. So what I tend to do is I use the hand sanitizer for the time being and then I'd go into um, the bathroom with the ladies and just wash my hands. Oh, yeah, look, I have to use it if I've got no choice. But that's that's my, yeah. you know, I've got no choice, I've got no choice. But um, look, you know, it's it's just quite scary to know that, you know, that, as I said, everything's gone back to normal. Um, you know, my husband works in the star casino and he was saying that you know there's a lot more people around and give it another two weeks it'll be more at the moment he said to me the casino is only open to um vip people and people for invitations and <laughs> they're the high rollers let's say those that you know can't do without it and i said what about all the pokey machines and he said they're sort of doing one pokey one on one off so and they're usually more for your Older generation like to sit there all day because that's what they like to do. Um, it's a bit of a pastime, I guess, with the five cent, ten cent pennies, you know, machines. Um, look, you know, it is a, it is a good thing to see a lot of people all together and stuff, but there are a lot of other things that are still not 100% back to normal. Like you can have weddings, but you can have, I think, I don't know how many you can, but you can't have more than 20 people on a dance floor. So that doesn't sort of work for wog weddings, does it really? <laughs> So, you know, some things are going back to normal, I guess, but um, it is quite scary to know that, 
people have seemed to have forgotten the last three months. It's sort of like been a blur, yeah, hasn't it? Almost like a dream. Yeah. That you've just moved completely past. I don't know. I just I think it just goes to show Bushra that you know what? It doesn't matter what's happening in the world out there that the day has twenty four hours and those twenty four hours on that clock is ticking away and nothing is stopping it. It doesn't matter what it is. And that then goes back to how what you have in your what you believe is your faith. And if you've got faith that you know then deep down that there's that there's a creator that's created everything and doesn't matter what's happening out there time is moving it's going so you wake up it's a new day you wake up it's a new day and this pandemic is still around you i mean it's scary to know that you know in china they've found coronaviruses again in beijing so it's still there it's still out it's there still and as one of the ministers i think had said we have to just learn to live with it until we find a, a cure if we find a cure or it might be one of those sars and all those other things that um we're just going to have to live with and now we're going to have to just get our bodies and our immune systems able to fight it, I guess. No, that's, that's totally, um, I can second you there. I just want to go back to what you mentioned earlier regarding um, the education mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. um, during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So just coming from a parent, um, how did you find the whole experience? So I've just briefly mentioned how it was as a teacher. I mean, mm. it's very hard to teach through an online platform and um, where you're, I'm heavily reliant on body language and nonverbal cues. And that to me is very important when I'm teaching. I mean, I can just glance at the class and you either feel that energy or you don't. And based on that, you know mm. to take a step back or take two steps forward. It's just, it's like, it's like a, playing a game of tennis. You know, you hit the ball and mm. you'd, you'd feel that. Um, the flow of the classroom discussion and the flow of the teaching in that room will that. change to what it was yesterday in the same group of people Absolutely. in the same subject, right? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And and having that engagement, having the morale, that's so important. Like walking in there, in a pos having a positive mindset and being able to shift your students' mindset. That, that's so mm. important to me. And, and having to then do all of that through a screen for me was one of the biggest um, challenges. But you know what, We I kind of learnt along the way. I, it was like a self-taught process, mm. trial and error. Um, but how did you feel as a parent? Look, I think as Engaging a on all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty, look, it was quite difficult at first because it was trying to get the girls to understand that they've got to use various platforms. And first and foremost was, you know, trying to juggle how to use an email, really. But look, um, I, for me, I think it was, it was put put aside the learning and the education and work. It was just the little things, such as you know waking up early, having you know getting dressed and having breakfast, and then leaving to go to school on time. Having that extra that you know that process and that that, that um, routine that you have in the morning. Whereas when they're at home, they were literally waking up quarter to nine and then just getting up and having something to eat just and bang working. So that bed. was a struggle to try to get them as a parent to say no. You've got to be prepared half an hour earlier to do what you're doing. Um, and also trying to get them to understand that I want them to do work per their timetable and to stop and not to continue because I want to finish this because you've missed the other subject and vice versa. It was just all those things. But I found it hard because I'm trying to teach them things that I have either forgotten how to do or learning practices have changed or theory or the way things are done have changed or languages have changed or um, society in how we look at things have changed. And, you know, it's been a long time since I've been out of school. So trying to teach these things back to the kids were quite hard. Um, you know, has, so your, has your opinion on teachers changed, honestly? Um, no. <laughs> really? No. I have, look, I don't want to get into that discussion, but, you know, like everyone's got their own opinions. You know, I think some teachers want more pat on the backs um, and everyone's like, oh, I've got more appreciation for teachers. I've always had an appreciation for teachers. Um, I've had to adjust to my work. Then? I've had to, well, I've said no, I don't think so. I said, you know, they... they You've always appreciated what teachers I've always, do. Yes, so I, I appreciated what I did. My work practices have changed. I don't see anyone at work appreciating what I've been doing, like, and you know, giving me a pat on the back. It's the same thing for teachers. I think their work practices have had to change. The only thing I think I felt um, quite sad for them was the fact that 
schools, public schools were kept open and they didn't have the opportunity if they wanted to stay home for a while. Things did change eventually and those that were older could take that, you know. So that was, I think, where I probably felt their pain. But other than that, look, no. Um, I just, um, it's nice to have the kids back at school. I think the, the, as the principal had said to me when I had a discussion with her, school is not a school with no students. Oh, that's lovely. And she said, we're really happy to see them. And the second day they started school, she gave me a call to say, how are your kids, how are the girls settled in? Because oh, I speak nice. to her on a regular basis. Yeah. And um, I said, look, she, I said they were happy. And she said, it was just great to see everybody come to school with big smiles on their faces. But I think if you had a student sitting here in the classroom, you've spoken as a teacher, I've said it as a parent, and I'm pretty sure a student, and I'm going to use the words that my daughter said to me, mum, I've missed school because I've missed talking to my friends, but also to having discussions in class. So they've now realised that school is not just, oh, it's boring, it's work. They've actually realised that school, there's, it, it, there's a reason for it and there's benefits from it. So that's the big take they've taken out of it. And if that's what they've taken out of it and they see school very differently now, well, thank God that's that we've beautiful. had this coronavirus. Yeah, I love that. I think that's very good. It's, it's, I think it's important to look at the small wins. Yep. And you mentioned in the previous episodes I'm not too sure if it was last week or the week before mm. but you did mention that um, the coronavirus this whole pandemic really did uh, paint a strong image on the things that we yes. really needed to appreciate or Absolutely. the things that we once took for granted something as basic as walking down the street freely yeah. or walking into a cafe and sipping on your coffee and knowing that it's okay to it's do okay. it it's safe to do exactly that right and um, it's, it's scary, isn't it? The, the little things we take for granted. But it's also shown me to take things slower, to not rush. Absolutely. And, but that's, what, that's the type yeah. of environment and the society was just rush. And if you didn't rush like everyone else, you felt like you were missing out on something. I don't know what it is, but you're missing out on something. But it's now slowed down a bit. And I've become more of a homebody now. I'm just too lazy to go You've out. Always been a homebody. Not though. really. I like. I did like going out, but yeah, I've just. I do. Like, yeah, I do like cooking and staying home, but I also like going out and socialising with friends. But now I've like it's an extra effort. That's what I've realised, and I appreciate it more. So I enjoy that extra cup of coffee and extra cup of tea as well while you're out with your friends doing that. So, as they say in Turkish, you know, every every bad thing always comes up with there's always a reason for it and a positive thing comes out of it. So lots of positives have come out of this. Having said that, I, the only negative thing is we can't travel. So I really yeah. hope that this can all go so we can travel. <laughs> I know. But I don't know if I'd want to travel as well. That's the hard bit too. Like I think maybe into like state wise, hey, was it we all right? You just, you just got back from Turkey. I know. So did you? So I don't know why we're both talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're both talking. I'm pretty sure our listeners have figured that we like going on our holidays, don't we, Vishra? Yeah, I like going. I, I like to visit Turkey regularly, guys. We have just finished on a positive <laughs> note. Let's let's end the program yeah. on that positive note. It's been such a pleasure um, having Typhoon on air. So mm. we're just going to thank him again for joining us and um, we've had such a good time as we always do on Tuesday yes and just a kind reminder that every day and every day we air from 5 till 6 p.m. and on the Saturdays we air from 4 till 6 so guys stay tuned we will see you next week and we're gonna leave you with this song and hope that you guys have a wonderful week e evening and week exactly thanks guys for listening thank you Boş gemiler geçiyor gönlümün kıyısından ruhum yorgun ve bezmiş düşman sayısından ne anlamam lazım bu bakışından belli miydi zaten kaçışından